and they ended up getting married. So he became his step. I'm laughing. Should be crying. Should I? He yeah. became his stepdad. I won't say his name and all that, but anyway, he was an armed robber. So basically, he he was doing all his crime from outside of from our house in South. We're talking late seventies, early eighties. So our house was always being raided by the police with guns and all this sort of stuff, and it was real. I used to love it. I'm Neil Mags, and this is Bristol Unpacked, speaking to fascinating Bristolians on topics where others may fear to tread. Brought to you by the city's community-owned media, the Bristol Cable. Stephen Merchant's comic show, The Outlaws, set in Bristol on BBC One, is all the talk in the city over the last couple of weeks, and we couldn't get Christopher Walken. We couldn't get Stephen Merchant, but we have managed to get Ian Aitchison. Ian Aitchison plays a bit part, and he is friends with Stephen Merchant, a South Mead boy who runs Longwell Records, and a part-time actor. We talk to him about the show, how it's been received, are there enough Bristolians, and his background in drug work. From records, to drug work, to being one of the biggest sitcoms on TV. I think... The obvious starting point is the hottest ticket in town at the moment on Ooh. television, The Outlaws <laughs> by Stephen Merchant. So you've got a bit of a cameo role in it, haven't you? You're not an actor, are you? You're a kind of part-time actor who runs a record shop. How did this come about? Do you, do you want me to give you my history of how I know Steve? You obviously go way back, do you? Well, what it is, my brother-in-law, Phil... He went to school with Steve. He was really good mates. And now Steve went to Hanham High. Yeah. And, um, and I became mates with all Steve's mates over the year. We're all really close. Anyway, got to meet Merchant on a night out. They used to meet every Christmas Eve down the Lock and Weir. Yeah. I started sort of muscling in on there because all my meter mates, they're all in prison. So I couldn't really go and visit them <laughs> on Christmas Eve. So basically, yeah. Yeah. no, bless them, they weren't. And then I was just like, real fanboy but trying not to be a fanboy do you know what I mean so it was a bit like embarrassing but we obviously he probably not met many people like me now do you know what I mean I was a bit like rough and ready from the mead I was a drug worker blah 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 and anyway long story short we sort of developed a little bit of a friendship over the years probably more more from my end in in hope than is and uh and I ended up sort of working with his parents actually oh really yeah, because his, obviously, mum and dad were in probation, mainly his mum, and at the beginning of my career as a drug worker... Oh, I didn't know that. So his actual parents have worked in the probation services? Yeah, Elaine oh, okay. and Ron. Okay. Yeah. So when he, was, when he was making The Office, obviously, yeah. like, for me, is the probably the greatest British sitcom ever made. Yeah. Um, and he was making that, obviously, with Ricky Gervais. Were mm. you, so you were kind of mates and in contact with him during that time? It just come out. It just come out. So okay. I sort of knew him a bit more from the second one. But like I said, I would never ever pretend that we're good good mates because we're not. Like I said, but he knows I you like... enough, didn't he, to get you? Yeah. How did the, well, the the part come about? Well, let me tell you this, Neil. Right back back then, I was more of an aspiring sort of actor when I joined because I'd done uh, a few little lecture okay. bits. I'd yeah. done a little few little lecture things and a bit of. TV, um, cable TV stuff in the past, and a bit of a taste for it. So basically, I said, Steve, if you ever get a part that you think I could do, always, he said, mate, I'll always do that. Da, da. And he stuck to his word. He stuck to his word. And five years later, <laughs> <took him> 20 <laughs> yeah. years. Okay. Yeah. But 
he, he obviously thought, well, this bloke's on his way out soon. Yeah. So I better give him like 2.5 seconds in my latest uh, thing. But the, how it happened, yeah. I was just going to the mud dock with one of my daughters, Emily. It sounds posh, doesn't it, mud dock? Although yeah. I've been going there since the 90s. We all know the mud dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, got an mess- Instagram message from him. All right, E, do you fancy going for a part in my new TV show? Oh, my God. Can you imagine how I felt now? I might tall, heart, I imagine, yeah. My, well, not as tall as him, but my yeah, heart yeah. was right. I thought, here we go. He's got a great big <laughs> piece lined up for me, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, obviously, it turned out to be like this tiny bit. But I was just so, like, made up. What's the role you got, mate? What well, is it? The you're first like, because you're, like, you're not in it quite yet. Yeah. We're on episode two, which was on last night, but you're, you yeah. don't come into it for a couple more, do you? No, episode six of the first series. But yeah. the, the the character I play, I'm allowed to tell you, is a oh. pub landlord, and oh, great. Um, and it's actually a, a talking scene with Christopher Walker. I don't say that much, but enough. So it's gonna be enough. <laughs> yeah, but that must be amazing, you know, just to be in a scene with you know one of the greatest actors. Of all time, really. I mean, I guess you never imagined you would say I've been in a scene with Christopher Wilkin. Unbelievable. All my favourite movies over the... like, Especially in the 90s when I was really into yeah. going to the cinema and all that and Pulp Fiction. I'd probably watched it a hundred times mm. on Reservoir Dogs and all that and True Romance. And then when I saw him, yeah. <laughs> when I saw him, I thought, who the fucking hell is this? Because <laughs> I... <laughs> It was because obviously I haven't seen him for a few years in a few different. And he comes in the pub and he had the weirdest COVID visor I'd ever seen in my life. Did he? And basically, it wasn't that weird at all. It was just an upside down clear visor. Basically, his was on his chest and the angle was like, what are you, what? Why are you fucking bothering here, Chris? <laughs> I mean, don't bother. Because if someone sneezes it... Anyway, and he was lovely. i got to be honest. What was he like? What? Yeah, what was he like? Because he has a reputation of being really quite eccentric, doesn't he? Oh, Genu- he a genuine eccentric, yeah? But I've been around people out all my life, mate. I don't, yeah. don't bother me in the slightest... Well, in, a girl, so I mean, in, a, in a kind of good way. I mean, there were sort of, oh, there were sightings of him. Apparently, he likes to walk. And there were people, like, seeing him, I don't know, in, like... Walking through Cabri Coast <laughs> Estate or just up in Lot Lees. It was, he was just walking on his own at midnight and stuff, wasn't he? It surprised me. It wasn't Because he, although we know, he looks like a totally ordinary geezer, doesn't he, really? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, but yeah. when I saw him and I saw how old he was, I felt a little bit upset because it reminds you of your own mortality, doesn't it, see? Sure. Yeah. A selfish thing, isn't it, seeing other people who, who yeah. are getting older. Because you feel, oh, I'm going to be older as well. But the, the, the crap was... I felt totally comfortable in his company. Totally. Yeah. yeah, 100%. He says, hi, I'm Chris. He goes, all right, mate, I'm Ian. And that was it. We hit it off and he was doing some improv stuff for me. My only regret, Neil, yeah. of that scene is I didn't do a bit more improv. But okay. bearing in mind, there's about 100 people on that set, mate. Because you are quite good at that. Anybody who follows you on Twitter, so you mm. you run a record shop called Longwell Records and your Longwell Records twitter it's kind of a bit about and instagram yeah it's kind of a bit about records but a lot of it is about you just doing silly impressions and dancing and having a bit of a crack isn't it really yeah basically point is i can see there's a bit of you that is a bit of an entertainer and a sort of frustrated comedian slash actor a little bit anyway definitely when i was a young lad i i desperately i saw bugsy malone on the telly and i wanted to be i wanted to be an actor and then i ended up doing a drama course 
only lasted about six months. It was with Justin Lee Collins at Filton. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I obviously he went on to his career, good and bad, and then I ended yeah. up doing what I did. But, so why didn't you, just on that then, obviously, what happened? Hmm. Was there a moment when you kind of realised, and it's small margins with this stuff, isn't it, yeah. whether it's football or acting or music yeah. or anything. Yeah. Uh, what, what Was there a moment when you thought this is not going to happen? Well, the thing with me is I just thought if you could do a Scouse accent, you could act, right? Yeah. And I didn't realise you had to do all the reading and sort of... If I'd have been, if I do it now, I reckon I'd be quite a good actor. I, re- I think I am a good actor yeah. because I think, because I've come from quite a damaged childhood and you learn to adapt to things and, yeah. and you know, you, you just sort of know a little bit more about the world. But at that stage, I wanted to do it because I wanted to be famous, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, it wasn't about... Uh, like what you yeah. said, what tends to happen is perhaps when you've lived a little bit, you're a bit older... You do things because you enjoy it more, maybe rather than because it's yeah. an ego, or like you just said, you want to be famous. Yeah. But there are this whole, there is this thing about sort of people blossoming and late developing. I mean, it's some of the greatest act, some of the greatest actors didn't start mm. until late. You know, Anthony Hopkins, I think, when he's in his forties, he's could could this? How old are you now? Fifty two. Fifty two. <laughs> uh, could this now launch you to you know to fulfil the stuff you wanted to do as a kid? Like now, I don't see why not, do you? Do you know what? I, I almost had a bit of a chance, O'Neill, when I was younger, because yeah. I had a few sort of like extra. But my claim to fame yeah. is my first extra role. I played a genital wart in, oh, in, a, right. in a sex education right. uh, oh, video yeah. for schools Great. when I was like early sort of mid-20s. Yeah. I remember being so proud that I learned my lines. Hello, I'm genital wart. You know what I mean? I had to do it like a real geezer. Michael, oh, Michael Caine. That was Michael Caine then yeah. for a minute. Hello. Yeah. Now, I'll do it. Yeah. My name is genital well and uh, did you know <laughs> did you know if you go at the wrong person you know and then i started doing this cable tv vox pops so basically i, I used to go around but i used to try and talk sort of a little bit pot not like now where i used to just talk normal yeah. i used to try and talk a little bit like nicer sort of redlandish sort of thing yeah, you know I mean? yeah. because that's how my mind was then Neil. do you know what i mean i was like yeah. I want comfortable. Well, I think people did that, didn't they? That then kind of like the Bristolian bit. Oh my God, I'm a Bristolian. And you try and try. I think it's only now people are like kind of trying to own it a little bit more as an identity, aren't they? Yeah, I do. I do probably too much sometimes. Crank it up a bit. I I think I probably do. I don't care. Unless, you know, you've got a lovely, your accent's lovely. And Joe Sims's accent and people like that. And, yeah, there seems to be a bit of a renaissance. There There is a renaissance a bit. And I think because we have had issues with with um you know people mm. being underrepresented i think in the, in the local and national uh, yeah. media and arts in general and but also us feeling a bit kind of ashamed and about you know oh my god do i sign bristolian all that kind of thing because you've got two shops now aren't you one in Kentsham and one now in oh, Bristol. Wharf. yeah and um that's hard graph mine two shop tony oh i bet it is yeah well i i'm quite an unmanageable person so i i can't even i can't even <laughs> believe i got one shop let alone two and in the kind of era where people you know don't really buy vinyl so much anymore, but you did <laughs> yeah, tell me the other you told me the other day that now actually there's a revival yeah well i i opened my shop in 20 well i opened longwell records online yeah in november 2015 so basically i'm burnt out 15 years criminal justice drug worker in the nhs love that job in the beginning but it ended up being awful and uh, mainly because of the paperwork now. And um, really? the cli- yeah. Yeah, yeah, the clients were amazing. We used to do, I used to do loads of outreach, 
But I ended up having like hundred people on my caseload. Didn't know any of them. You know, it's all was, about. So this was in in the community, not in custody. In community, but yeah. I was based in police custody. So I'm based uh, Trinity Road, South okay. Mead custody, Broadby, all the cop shops. Yeah, and I had unprecedented access to the cells. We did as a team. That's not just an me. interesting job. Yes, Neil. It was unbelievable. The, the the some of the people I saw over the years, I've seen the lot. Your office or our office was based actually in the police custody office. Okay. So yeah. you had to have a quite a high level of security. And I always used to like worry and think, but me, imagine someone knows I work here, they could fucking do me right over, don't they? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And bearing in mind, <clears throat> my when I was a young lad, I come from quite a I I'm not You're a safe me boy, aren't you? Safe me. Well, yeah. and there was a lot of criminality in my family in okay. yeah. in certain aspects. My I'll t- tell you very briefly. My mum is a, a, a massive alcoholic, <clears throat> and um, yeah. she um, brought up five kids. My dad was in the army. They were both Scottish. Yeah, we all end up in Southmead, and they split up when I was four, and her life went to hell then, Neil, and yeah. she became a terrible alcoholic, addicted to drugs, Valium, everything. And you were So you were living with your mum at this point? Yes, yeah? so that's yeah. what I mean. A very damaged childhood, but a very nice childhood as well. I know it sounds weird. Anyway, so... She started going to Alcoholics Anonymous, and she got well. But she met this geezer in AA who who was pretending to be an alcoholic, and he took advantage of her because she was like a you know vulnerable person. Vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And they ended up getting married. So he became his step. I'm laughing. She'd be crying. She's like, he yeah. became his stepdad. I won't say his name and all that, but he's yeah. he's dead. He's done. Got yeah. gone anyway. Anyway, he was an armed robber. So basically, he he was doing all his crime from outside of, from our house in South. We're talking late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. So our house was always being raided by the police with guns and all this sort of stuff. And it was real. I used right. to love it. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's street cred, isn't it? Right, used, yeah. And street, get, oh, your stripe, get your stripes. To, yeah. You know, I could, Oh, some of the stories I won't, you know, too much cause of the legalities and all that. But basically one story is when he finally got nicked and, and put away, he, he robbed a, I don't know, a post office van or something. He got about 12 years for it. But the police raided our house and they all had guns. And uh, it was West Midland Serious Crime Squad who were disbanded now for being so bent. But basically, they used me as a human shield. They thought someone was in the loft as accomplice, right, mm-hmm. with a gun. And they they made me go up the stairs. Go out there, mate. Go out there. Just open up the loft hat. I knew in a million years no one was out there now. I knew, you know, I knew no one was out there, so I didn't give a toss, like, you know what I mean? But they were behind me with rifles. So basically, they used me as a human shield. Obviously, right. we put a complaint in, and they were awful. They were really abusive to me. And yeah. oh, my, I know, about 10, 11 years old, mine, when this was going. But in those days, I could pretty much hold my own. So How did really... that affect you um, yourself with your own kind of, with all that well, chaos, chaos around you as a teenager? Well, I hated the police, for one, absolutely, despite which. Which is quite funny, considering I ended up working hand in hand with the police. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I was very damaged. I was a very damaged person. And uh, I've, you know, I've done, I got to a place where I did a lot of work on myself. Was your life and your circumstances kind of led you to that sort of fork in the road moment where it was, I'm either going to repeat this cycle or I'm going to change or I'm going to change? Was there a distinct moment like that for you? Age 18. Well, I ended up in Pucker Church. Okay. I was in Puckle Church. And, the Roman- um, Puckle Church Roman Centre. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not, yeah. Where, not as a nonce. As, a, as an inmate, thing. yeah. <laughs> but basically what it was, I got into the boozing and stuff like that yeah. and um, ended up in the back of a stolen car 
you know, I was getting that to all sorts back in the, you know what I mean? All, you know, most kiddies were on the estate. But for me, I'd already had the damage from my childhood and all that. And I was a very tortured soul in my yeah. head. And I got to, and I got, you know, this fine, which was, you know, I was just caught in the back of a stolen vehicle. And, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not proud of it or whatever. But um, it, it happened. A lot of worse things happened in people's lives. And um, I had this fine 250 quid, no, 150 quid. And I couldn't pay it. So anyway, I got, I went to court and he gave me 28 days in Puckshire. I couldn't believe it because everyone said, oh, you'll get away with that. No worries, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I shit myself because it was, that that was the real deal then. Do you know what I mean? Here, here we go. And um, off to Puckle Church, I went. How was it? How was it for you? I was only there two nights because someone brought me out. <laughs> but right. okay. yeah. it was horrible. It, you know, it, you know, but what the, the problem with that was, Neil, I was just getting into it. So I think that was that moment, right? It was that, that was that, the, the crossroads. It, I was terrified. But I also call, had yeah. to be a bit of a lad as well. There was all the kids mm-hmm. at Southmead and that there, Cabri, you know, right. Yeah. All the stuff was going on, all St. Paul's lads. But luckily someone bought me out and they paid paid me fine and I got out. Because otherwise, I think that would have been it then for me. And I, yeah. I don't think I'll be alive on this earth now, to be honest, because I would have got really into drink and drugs. Just jump in and do the advert bit that you love every week we're still looking for more members and we want you involved if you want to change the landscape of media in the city and have a say over what stories are told then do please jump on the website you won't regret it back to the chat it's an interesting it's an interesting wasn't it when isn't it because i think that people often i think jump to sort of assumptions about what people do, who people are, you know, and where yeah. they're from when when it's quite quite removed. But I think if you if you've been close to those situations, you know, I mean, we both know that it's a that, and would have seen people that have gone down yeah. that road and others that hadn't. Yeah. And you couldn't have predicted why that was. Sometimes it's just yeah. a bit of luck. Sometimes it's just, as you say, something a wake up call happens which redirects their behaviour. But it's it's not, you know, it's a paper thin wedge of difference sometimes. Totally. Yeah, it, you know, and and do you know what? That is why I'm quite a a grateful person as well. I'm, you know, I've had a few. I don't get depressed per se. I, I've always suffered with anxiety, yeah. you know, but I've always learned to try and address it and try and never run away from it. Do you know what I mean? And, and face your fears and recover. Do you know what I mean? Used a lot from twelve step sort of theories. Yeah. And I'm not religious, but I would love to think there was some. But I'm... are you are you someone who um, do you not drink or take drugs? Then no, I haven't drunk or took taken drugs since I was eighteen. Oh, or not. okay. Can I? Did yeah. do you, I know you're anonymous. So do you, do you follow yeah. the twelve steps? Yeah. Uh, well, I try to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. The, the, I, I would never lie and say I practice them impe- impeccably because that'd yeah. be a little bullshit. But all I know is they it, that. Going back to my mum, sorry, I know we're yeah. like, bouncing around a bit here, but my mum basically, she got into recovery and she stayed sober for over forty years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've worked it, with I, and, yeah. and I've been around people that the the twelve steps of. I mean, I've equally been around people that I think some. Uh, there's a debate, isn't there, in 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 um mm. in in drug rehabilitation around harm reduction or or sobriety, yeah. and and exactly. some people do back. So I think it's what you know if something suits some people. 
I know, but it was, but I, I think yeah, that where the 12, where, where yeah, the 12 yeah, steps is interesting, one second, yeah. where the 12 steps is interesting, I think, and obviously we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here, is that mm. there is a there is a thing around what you do after you stop taking drugs yes. and it's about dealing with trauma and it's about, and also this sense of surrender to, to you know, something bigger than yourself mm. uh, is quite a spiritual thing. And, and I guess that, you know, um, that is, you know, for some people, when you've got kind of nothing and you're on your knees, there's there's only one way out. Exactly. And that's a perfect way of putting it. And the, what they talk about a lot in the 12 steps is keeping life simple. Yeah. As a drug worker, right, yeah. for 15 years and a, a drug and alcohol, the thing which worked most, which clients, how they got well, in, in the, from my perspective that, that I saw, was 12-step stuff. Like the client group that I worked with were, were always being forced to see me or the team because yeah. it, they, they get arrested and they get drug tested. for, And if they're positive for Class A, they had to see a drug worker. And in the latter stages of my job, they were forced to come on to the the team and they want it didn't work so within what i had to do was sow seeds you know yeah. and, and and you know work out but going back to myself mm. 12 steps saved my life 100 million percent and 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 the way you keep your your recovery is by helping others and that's why i've always tried to be kind to other people as well yeah. like you know what i mean and and you can go to meetings anywhere in the world can't you you can exactly. just turn up yeah i've been to meetings in in denver and whatnot that's what i mean going you know meeting all these new sort of people as well in recovery, it broadened my horizons, Neil, because what it did, it gave me confidence then, didn't it? Because, you know, I was a little bit bullied when I was a kid as well. And, yeah. you know, when you've got an alcoholic mum who looks like a somewhat from Baldrick era, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, it's not a good thing. But but what we want to say in a, in a positive manner as well, it makes you look at yourself as a person and try and change. And I am no way perfect, you know, when, if you're in recovery, you're in recovery for a reason. And really, it is mental health stuff, isn't it? For me, you know, addiction is mental health. It just goes side by side with it. And and, and would you say the use of the use of alcohol or the use of drugs, you know, harder drugs, mm. um, it is almost the kind of unconscious self-medicating. Exactly that. For, for, for trauma, yeah? Yeah, it's exactly that. It's just self-medicating is what it is. And, you know, everyone is different. You can't, like, say everyone is exactly the same because I met thousands, I probably, thousands and thousands of people I met over the years with addiction problems when I was, bearing in mind, I used to actually interview people in the police cells, mind, actually in the yeah. cells on the end of their, edge of their beds. And um, it was, you know, you get a lot of stories saying, oh, I had a lovely childhood and all that. and they can't. So you can't really say that with everyone, but... I used to say, don't worry about how you got here. You're here now. Um, let's try and do something about your... Because with addiction, it's about the here and now, isn't it? I'll tell you what helped save me as well as 12 step was football. It was a massive, massive thing for me, football. Playing football um, or watching? Yes, playing. Playing, yeah. And I used to play at the downs with all these like blokes every Sunday and in the summer every other night. Because I ended up moving out of Southland. I got a bed set in Redland and it was amazing. Yeah. So I got to know... And we, we used to play like... NA like Narcotics Anonymous weren't really in NA but yeah. there's all these geezers from London and they'd all be like well dodgy yeah. well five or so football with know, NA yeah. for, for a few years yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. back in the 80s you can imagine what it was like then yeah. in the early 90s and it was amazing it was an amazing spiritual time and that was my spirituality was that camaraderie that physicalness that 
playing football and and then after having a chat with someone about your feelings is like mental. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. It was just totally bizarre. I tried that at a few football it. clubs and got a few weird, weird looks from people. But yeah, 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 I get it. Well, I think it's that thing, isn't it? I think sport and movement. Um, somebody once said to me, um, I want to get back to talk about the outdoors in a minute, but somebody once said to me, there's two ways to get um, to deal with trauma. There's two ways to, to get yourself well. Is either be still or get active. Yeah. And I think there's something about that. Some people running, you know, running and sport, and because it, it takes you in the moment, you're in your body, yeah. you're, you're away yeah. from your head. Other people, I think it's like, you know, I'm, look, I'm working on this thing at the moment about fishing. So I used to work with a lot of the young offenders. You couldn't get them yeah. to sit down for five minutes. You couldn't get them no. to focus on anything. But, the, you know, but, you know, half a dozen of them would make their sandwiches on a Friday night, all set their alarms for 5 a.m. and they'd be down, <laughs> um, down the feeder, yeah. it's fishing and, and you go down there with them and they, they'd be like Shh, shut up to me we're, we're fishing yeah. and sat yeah, there for yeah. hours and that's their meditation, thing do you know what I mean that, that's meditation mm. they don't, they're not, maybe not aware it's meditation but it kind of is this has turned into the therapy podcast show isn't it it's good though isn't it maybe it someone might learn something yeah it is good and it does relate actually to the outlaws a bit because obviously yeah, yeah. because <laughs> this is you know it, you've been involved in the in you know you've worked in the criminal justice system i've mm. worked with uh with kids we've we both sort of flirted around the edges of that as well yeah. um do you think what you've seen so far obviously it's a comedy we're two episodes mm. in is it a realistic uh portrayal of um community payback do you think <laughs> well i i've never been on a community payback but the the character i can't remember her name now the main probation worker yeah it's not man is it can't remember know, right, yeah she is brilliant she yeah. that for me i've met so many of those characters in police custody like okay. detention yeah. officers within their within their realm they're very powerful people but step outside they got no power to mm. see her character and i think her acting is amazing but I, I i gotta be honest i was very nervous the first episode because I got to be honest. When I hear Christopher Walken's daughter's accent, I thought, "Oh no!" I wanted um, to talk to you a bit about that on accent. Yeah, like, that was the yeah, one yeah. bit, and you've—I mean, I've tweeted about it a little bit as well. That I did I, I, a number of things I felt were good about it, mm. but I was like, "Oh, once again, we can't get the bloody accent right." And I was like, well, "I would have thought one director that should should be Stephen <laughs> Merchant." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but, I don't mean to be horrible about that. I mean, it, uh, there's just yeah. two or, yeah, no, two or three of them in it. I just made me go, oh, bloody. And it, the second thing it made me think, not just if you've not got the accents mm. right, was are there enough Bristolian actors in it? Right. So why do we never get it right? Because it's such our accent, as we as you know, well know, goes from Gloucester all the way down to bloody Land's End, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? So it's day the way we weren't cool until massive attack came along they didn't give a shit about us did they so yeah. they hadn't had their time they hadn't yeah. had the time to copy it like there was always jordas on the telly or scousers yeah. weren't there that's right i yeah. feel the same yeah do you know what i was reflecting on my bit that i did and i got my role is very tiny but i is a little bit talking i thought i wonder if people think i'm trying to do much of a Bristolian accent do you know what i mean because like yeah. now how we're talking now i probably didn't talk like that <laughs> you're actually from I'd wigan probably, aren't you yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, you're but, right. You're right. It's it, it, so you're now worried that people will think that you're pretending to be mistaken. Yeah. I'm gonna have to come out and I like do a t-shirt with it. But the thing yeah. is, the accent thing is okay. at the end of the, at the end of the day, Neil, it is what it is, and it's it accent. is hard to do. Is it's that what you're saying? Accent, it's yeah. a difficult accent to to because it always comes out a little bit like Gloucester or Cornwall, yeah. doesn't it? 
yeah. especially pole, it's like pole dark accents i call it yeah. you know yeah. it's all like pole dark and i was a little bit disappointed with that but but claire perkins her she's not from bristol you know the the lefty who's a when the, i can't remember her, her yeah, Characters. I didn't think her accent was that great either. I thought it was good, see? I like it. Yeah, okay. Yes. Right. I thought it was really good. Did you? Okay. Um, yeah. And obviously, Darren uh, Boyd, he's a brilliant actor, mine, isn't he? The I mean, which one's this? Is that the... Um... The right-wing blowhard, whatever they oh, call yeah, it. Oh, yeah, he's so good. Yeah. I'm yeah, terrible yeah. remembering names. It's a great cast. It's a really, really good and oh, strong my God. cast. Um, I guess so. The second point is then, obviously, you're in it a little bit. There has been a. There has been a... There's been sort of criticism, I think, uh, for the Bristol Film Office that mm. there are now a lot of, well, praise and criticisms. There are a lot yeah, more dramas right. that are made in Bristol, but mm. a lot of them are nothing to do with Bristol. So we had Manhunt at the bottom of our road um, being filmed yeah. with Martin Cleans, but you know, which is great, and, and I, you know, I think one of the reasons they come is probably because it's cheaper location filming, but it's good yeah. for the city. And one of the kickbacks has been, yes, it's great, but where is the involvement of stories about Bristol? Yeah. And also stories involving people from the city, and that might be actors or that might be behind the scenes. So when we get to the Outlaws, made by a Bristolian, and it is actually about Bristol, which I think is yeah. a real positive. You know, last night we were there and talking about uh, Western Supermare and Lawrence Hill, and I think yeah. you said about Redfield and stuff, and, and that's great, yeah. isn't it, to, to hear yeah. that? So that's a positive. But I guess my, my only pushback would be, how much involvement has there been with local people? Obviously, mm. Stephen is one himself originally. You are uh, mm. not just on screen, but off screen. It's not well, really your role to answer that, but I just didn't no, know if you but, knew, you know. Yeah, well, from what I know, every other bloody person's an extra. So extra-wise, obviously the main characters, yeah. there's only one Bristol. No, actually, Gambo Cole, he was, he's he Bristolian. He was born here, wasn't he? But yes. he left very young, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's got, like, the connections there. But the thing is, I don't know. It, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's, I, I just think that Steve's put his heart and soul into this and... You know, I I really want it to be a, a celebration of Bristol, and I'm prepared to let go. You know, you can see that I'm being honest, O'Neill. Because yeah, I'm you are, you are, and I'm not trying to. And what I'm not yeah. trying to do, and I think I can sometimes be um, uh, criticised for this, and, and maybe quite rightly sometimes. Yeah, is that why not? Can, can can be negative about things or a little bit cynical. Um, but uh, but I, what I don't also want to do is that I think that what, you know, Stephen Merchant is one of these people that's, you know, as I said, The Office is my favourite ever sitcom. Yeah. The fact mm. he's come back, he didn't have to do that. He's come back no, to Bristol didn't. and he's making something no. about the city. Brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. I just kind of, I, I guess, I suppose it's this, could could there be a few more uh, I thought, Bristol actors, yeah, I guess, that, that's all? I've I, I got to be honest, I don't know if he's in it or not, but I just thought, why is Joe Sims not in this, to be honest? That's a good point, yeah. I have asked the question, so I have asked the question. I'm waiting for a response because there's, I think, it's on screen, but also off screen. I wouldn't do this unless, mm. um, you know, I think it's been promoted. It. Obviously, yeah, yeah. they had the um, the premiere at the Watershed. It's been promoted as Bristol for Bristol for Bristol. So I've just yeah. asked the question: How many uh, people part of the creative production crew, of which there mm. are lots in Bristol, yeah. are from the city? And I'm yet to receive a response from yeah. um, from from the production team and from the Bristol film office um, oh, because go. I think that because I think <laughs> yeah. that is important as well I think if you yeah. look at Shane Meadows in Nottingham the mm. legacy that that show this is Very England good. and yeah, has made in his city that you know is, is, and I'm sure Stephen wants this for Bristol we want does, that for Bristol as well don't we yeah. yeah like I said he's put he loves Bristol he puts his heart and soul into it his parents still live in Hannah yeah his sister 
you know, she's Bristol. She's worked hard. I, I do know a lot of the, basically the costume company, uh, Bristol Costumes. I know that, you know, there is loads behind the scenes. There's probably loads of stuff that we don't really know about, to be honest. Sure. And, and it'd be good to find out. I think it'd be good to find out. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, what I'm kind of hoping is this wave of positivity, the bottle yard, mm. uh, oh, know, these high end production companies coming into the city, you know, for, not forgetting about um, Outlaws, other ones. It's like, yeah. you know, let's. This is a real opportunity in a city that is the most divided or one of the most divided in the UK. You know, 12-year life expectancy gap, 0% of people going to university mm. in Hartcliffe compared to 100% in Clifton. Yeah. Is that this is a chance to, you know Never what I mean, to, to bring, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree. And I, and who knows the, the, who knows what the stats are, but all I know is that, you know, it's a good series. But yeah, it would be nice to know those stats and stuff. But let let's be devil's advocate. What does it matter? Some people would say. Well, they would. I mean, I'll give you a good example. Uh, I just had a, yeah, then. no, you're right. You're right. I mean, some people say, should it matter? Are you, are you being nativist or get off yeah. my land, Bristol? I think. I think the reason is, and you you understand this. You just said about massive mm. attack before. Is that for years, no one really cared about Bristol. No. We're now in this sense where. There is a lot of eyes on the city now, isn't there? We're seen as yeah. more globally, and and it's trying to, you know, if, you know, for me is you know working with kids and and communities is trying to say, well, come on, let's 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 bring those people in on that ride. Do you know what I mean? I but I will say um, that I am enjoying it, and I think that it is no doubt good for the city. I do know I I got my own Stephen Merchant story actually that I once mm. saw him a bit like you. I was kind of. Uh, I used sort of comedy and humour to sort of get myself out of situations and stuff. Yeah. And I was always seen as being the sort of slightly sort of funny one as a kid and all that. And then uh, I was playing football for old Georgians over at, over at Packers in Whitehall. And uh, somebody came in and then a few other people came in. It was like an e- evening do after the game. And I went, oh, you've got to meet this bloke. He's really funny. He's funnier than you. Yeah, like yeah. And I got a bit annoyed by it and a bit competitive. And uh, like Your chest was going yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. And I introduced him and he was this tall, odd looking bloke. And he said a couple oh, of things and everyone, start, everyone started laughing. And I, tr- yeah. and I just got the... I just got the... Um, got the um. Yeah, yeah, I got the hum, but also I had nothing. I had no comeback, you know. Yeah, like, and then and then it wasn't until about maybe about ten, fifteen years later, maybe a bit longer than that. It was like, oh bloody hell, it's, it was him from the Old Georgians Club. Yeah. I, yeah, and he was funnier than me. I will concede. Yeah, I, yeah. I tried. I tell you, what, the the sofa I'm sat on now, Neil. He sat yeah. on it. He's been around my house like a couple of times. Uh, fair Christmas when he always to meet. They used to, I said, oh yeah, I used to arrange it. <laughs> manipulate it so it was all around my house you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. and i uh, get the old longwall records mugs out and so oh it's yeah. been terrible for that one in mind oh, it's Did awful. You? Did oh you i regret it, it. Yeah. I, no I, I i honestly do regret like you know I, I asked him to come out to the other shop and he did and he's so humble and yeah. he follows me on twitter and all that stuff and instagram but it was oh steve have a picture of this have a picture of that and he yeah. must have been like for fuck's sake you know what I mean? Yeah. I've even got a life-size poster in on the wall at the record shop, which is basically a picture of me and him back to back, and I've got about 100 hats on me. But he is such a lovely, humble person, and so is his family. He's mint. He's yeah. he's he's a proper nice human. And I think that – do you think he's been um, – I'm just going to read out a couple of mm. um, uh, reviews, and I wonder, because mm. he did tweet something about, thank you for everyone that's been – nice about it twitter can be a horrible place so yeah. it must be quite tricky to i mean you know critics have to do what they have to do but it also must be, quite, do, yeah. must be quite hard when you put your heart and soul into something that can be criticized i think it's been quite well received what what i thought was quite interesting 
was about the um about the the, the sort of characters this um i don't know if you if you agree with this this is this is what was said in the guardian by uh her name is barbara ellen the premise of the outlaws is that sm- uh, seven small fry lawbreakers are thrown together to renovate a building as a community. So far, we had so aged up earthbound misfits. I wondered if Walken's Hollywood star power would swamp things, but in the overstuffed opener, his rogue barely gets a look in. Well, some jokes works, others didn't. Uh, Merchant has forced his own path since working with Gervais, but in the outlaws opener, too many genres are crudely bolted together. Comedy, crime, heartwarming drama, a bizarre siege into gangland top boy territory. The second episode, though, is significantly funnier and tighter, and there is an improvement. Uh, let's watch this space. Is that fair or, or a bit tough? I think that for me, that's a bit tough because I, I was laughing from the offset, and I know I'm invested in this because yeah. obviously I love Stephen, and, and, and you know, I was in it for two and a half seconds. But yeah, yeah there's some fair points in it, but things develop, don't they? I don't always watch programs i love it straight away it's a really interesting thing there because there's lots of people right on twitter to say i always i you know obviously being a journalist i watch sort of social media quite uh, closely you've been obviously championing it a bit you're his mate you're in it you're kind of you know you want it to be um you know successful and and everything and what i find really interesting is that there some people that there have Mm. been Lots of sort of newbies to the city, sort of slightly a bit sort of sceptical. But some of the people that I've played football with from that sort of Hannam and St. George yeah. end, right, yeah, yeah. who usually, to be honest, are people that would moan about stuff, have yeah. all been like, no, 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 he's our boy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. a local boy and getting behind him and stuff. And I, I thought that was quite interesting. I'm talking like old school Bristolian yeah. born and bred yeah. people from Kingswood, Hannam, St. George, that kind of way, you know? Well, he, he, you know, it's like that thing. Oh, he's a murderer, but he's our murderer, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, don't, don't Steve, you ain't never murdered. But no, no, why not? That's what I mean. I will, but even if it was a load of crap, I'd still say it was good. I know that sounds terrible, yeah. but I just, yeah, I, I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because obviously, and I'm talking now about blokes in their, well, men and women, sorry, in their mm. kind of like late forties, fifties, sixties, yeah. Yeah. probably as we said earlier for them this is like well thank god finally we've got something about bristol in bristol exactly about and bristol and it's not just the odd bit of glimpse like when you see your own city the roads you've walked up and down all our lives now yeah. Yeah. there's something very special about that because <laughs> you think remember that time we did that there look at that and done the bridge look good and there's barton yeah. hill and then yeah do you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. for me it's a winner. It's a winner every time. But yeah. it's but I can also hear other people's moans and groans about it. Do you know what I mean? It's, you yeah. know, it's, my brother, God bless him, he met Merchant. He goes, oh, that was fucking boring, wasn't it? I said, gone. <laughs> Is that I what he said, did he? Yeah, he said, that's fucking boring, isn't it? I said, well, you know, horses for courses. I said, yeah. I yeah. said it's a thinking man's person's comedy, Mike, just to yeah, wind him yeah. up. It's not yeah. true. And, and um, let's, let's sort of wrap it up a bit. So mm. a couple of things I want to I just, just briefly touch on is, um, so, yeah, you, I mean, are you, do, do you foresee you maybe being able to pick up a few more acting parts after this, potentially? No, I, I, I wouldn't mind Go that. It, mate. Why not? Someone has contacted me, I've got to be I've honest. Done. Great. And uh, this is a bit you laugh. Well, They've asked me to, to be starring a short film right Ooh. so uh they sent me this thing on instagram fuck knows who they are anyway yeah. so they sent me this thing and then i said yeah i'll give them the email and they're nothing 
Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Well, let's wait till let's wait till you're in it. Let's wait till you're in it, and then that might kind of yeah. change. The second thing is about Southmead. Actually, there's a real. Um, you 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 spoke earlier about growing up there. Southmead's having a big uplift now. Massive um, new housing complex and uh, community led housing, and the whole of. Um, What's the main drag called? My mind's gone blank down the middle. Ironside Road. Yeah, Ironside. All the whole of Ironside is being redeveloped now. And that's also contentious there. Some people think it's great. Mm. Some people are kind of skeptical and and nervous about it. Well, you know, you obviously don't live there anymore, but what, you know, like anything, you're probably emotionally bound still to the area. What's your kind of take on that? South, right. So for me, when I was young, South for me, 70s and 80s was rough as assholes, wasn't it? I thought it was the roughest area known to man and then when i became a drug worker and i went moved to south bristol i realized that south bristol was rougher so south is quite a nice area in my heart i feel that it's surrounded by lovely bits i think it's positive bringing new people and you know what i mean maybe new prospects for for employment who knows you know what i mean new people don't always mean bad things does it i like involvement of outside sort of people come from outside the area it makes it all more interesting and records uh, you got your shop in Kentsham. You've also got your shop in mm. Baltic Wharf. I mean, that's a little bit posh. I saw you the other day, didn't I? Getting yeah. chips. That's quite posh right there, isn't it? How, yeah. how are you fitting in down there then? All right. Well, they didn't know why I am early doors. It was like, yeah. it's a bit like the accent thing. I'm probably the only one down on a Bristolian accent. Apart from are you Rock really? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. No, that is probably joking. true. Yeah? I'm joking. It is, yeah, but Bristol's very gentrified nowadays, Neil, isn't it? We, yeah. we both know that. And I love that as well as hate it in some aspects. Well, probably your customers, I imagine, are quite a lot of of record hipster. Yeah, Sort of. Yeah, they can be. But the thing is with that area, it's an amazing area. I love the vibes. I love all the excitement. The Vanguard exhibition in the M Shed, which is just finished. But Kingsham is my number one shop. The community out there and all that are just like, mint. I love it. And like I said, the the thing which got got us through a lockdown was all the customers and yeah. You know, people more around the world because it went online, but it's amazing. It's amazing. I can't see me having two shops for forever, mind. I can't no. handle that. No way. But we'll see how it goes, isn't it? I'm gonna have, we're going to have to um, oh, right, we're gonna have to knock got, it on the head now. I've got to open two shops. You've got to open two shops. Good luck. And um, <laughs> I'm going to come down for a cup of tea anyway. I keep saying it, and I, I need All to right, go mate. Around, don't I? Bring a flask. The tea's crap, but you can't have a nice Top man, Ian. And thanks ever so much for your time. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Tell that. Many thanks to Ian Aitchison for being our guest on this week's episode of Bristol Unpacked. And we'll be back next week with a brand new topic and a great guest. Thanks for listening to Bristol Unpacked. I'm Neil Maggs. And a big thanks to Rosa Eaton, our audio producer, Adam Cantwell-Corn, our executive producer, and Blue Dot for our music. And if you do want to become a member of The Cable and join 2,600 Bristolian members all across the city, chipping in every month, then please go to the website to find out more.